welcome in to the From the Lincoln Park, I mean, From the Loop, Lincoln Park, the From the Loop podcast, From Lincoln Park, today apparently, I am your host Tim Stebbins with co-host, the great, the one and only, Matt Melamsetter. Matt, I'm confusion, we are in, not the loop, from the loop though. We are not in the loop, we are in Lincoln Park today, we're recording in the uh, the old Studio B here, in the U-Haul basement of Radio DePaul, uh, in the old Radio DePaul Sports Studio. It, it now functions as kind of a, a live game hub, a little podcast production studio, it does it all, it's, it's the uh, utility man of the Radio <laughs> DePaul uh, baseball lineup. Um, Tim, how have you been? I'm good. Uh, it's nice to be back in the, the good old stomping grounds. Um, we have finals coming up soon, and that's not fun. But no, it's bearing down on us. It, it also represents a break. So, so how are you doing? Uh, you know, I'm doing pretty good. It's uh, it's just a lot of uh, a lot of homework, a lot of busy, busy, busy work going so, uh, on right now. Appreciate you making time for this this week. Of I, I know it was a busy week with uh, you know, getting actors and you know, meeting up with them as you were talking about. Yeah. So it's nice that you came out. Hey man, I'll always I will always find the time. Don't we, worry about me. We had two days in a row podcasting together. Yeah, we were on the Cheeseheads. Or I mean, wow, two straight podcasts that were mixing it up this week. The, yeah, the Brew Brewheads in Wrigleyville podcast, aka the Cheeseheads in Chicagoland with Mike Fleischman and yourself. Yeah, where we gave a little bit of a Tim came on and we gave a little bit of a Brewers uh, season preview. Me and Tim are not Brewers fans. Uh, Mike Fleischman is a little bit. Um, but just kind of talked a little bit about that. Normally, it's a Packers podcast, and now here we are. It's the greatest Packers podcast uh, as well. I, yeah, I would I would certainly say so. And now we're switching this whole dang thing up, going in from Lincoln Park instead of from the Loop. I might have to uh, mess around and make this name when I go put it up on the the interwebs from the yeah. Lincoln Park podcast just for fun. Yeah, change the episode title. Maybe maybe that's you know no Mike did that so you know what it's fun it's all in good fun. Yeah, no, it's fine. We'll talk about that. I don't want to do anything sure, about sure, your, sure, your sure, clearance. Sure. Hey man. <laughs> uh, so this podcast we do a a key for the week where we talk about what we deem to be the most important thing and then four things you need to know as well as a uh, fun segment which this week will be this week in Bulls dysfunction except like this episode name. We have a curveball for that. Yeah. Um, however, there's not much news going on this week. That is, we've had episodes where it's five things of all significance. And, and we can't figure out what the one that we cut out is. And, and yes. we have overflows of news. This week is kind of a a chillaxed, relaxed week. Everybody in the world apparently has finals and is hunkering down. Um, but we, we got a few things for you here. Uh, first off, key of the week. Key of the week LeBron James is going to be on a minutes restriction for the rest of the season, and this is according to Yahoo Sports' Chris Haynes, and LeBron also um, is not going to be playing in back-to-back days depending how he feels. Sure. Uh, So they have games on two days in a row, essentially. But he's going to go from playing what he's averaging now, 35.6 minutes per game, to 28 to 32. Is this... Is this ridiculous? I mean, LeBron has a lot of mileage on him, and they're not in the playoff hunt really. But don't don't shouldn't he play? Uh you know, I I think it makes sense to me. I mean, LeBron missed a, a good chunk earlier this this year. He missed eighteen games earlier with a groin injury. He for so many years, I think it was eight years in a row, he was in the NBA Finals uh, and playing that deep into the season is like over a hundred games a year. He's basically never been hurt. Um, He's old now, man. He's like he's getting up there. Like that mileage adds up quicker when you're an old body and an old head. And 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 I think I think it's a smart move for the future for the next year to come. 
uh, next few years to come as the Lakers try and make a push towards playoff relevancy next season. Uh, they've got 17 games left, three back-to-backs, and they don't look like they're going to make the playoffs right now. Yeah, they're six and a half out of the, the playoffs, and they've lost four in a row. And the, yeah. Here's the thing. The, the Western Conference is tough. It's really one through 12, we'll say, or 15 teams yeah. who will give you stiff competition every night. So LeBron going out West, it was surprising to me in that rest, uh, aspect, but they were in a playoff position before that groin injury. Yeah. Um, they were in the fourth seed, I think. So it's kind of disappointing that it went from – LeBron going to be in the playoffs for, you know, the consecutive year in a row, too many years now Millionth to count. year in a row. <laughs> to now, he's not going to be playing. And yeah. I, I think that's my issue with it is you like to see LeBron play as much as you can. I'm sure all these teams that the Lakers shouldn't care about this, but other teams make their ticket packages around LeBron coming to town. Yeah. LeBron playing in Ch- Toronto and Chicago once a year. And – if he maybe sits out those games, I think as an NBA fan that's not in L.A., you're, you're a little bummed about that. Um, but I like your point you made about the mileage because this is going to be the first real long offseason LeBron has had since I think it was 2005 when yeah. Zion was four years old. Zion yeah. Williamson. <laughs> yep. Drake didn't release music yet. Yeah. There was some fun things about that. He was still that. on Degrassi. Yeah, Jimmy, right? Yeah, he's wheelchair <laughs> Jimmy. Uh, so this might be good for LeBron because he's gonna cut. They're gonna cut his minutes in general. I don't know how much of a difference seven, three or four to seven minutes makes. I think it. I think it adds up over time. Okay. Yeah. I, that was bad math. So it was a uh, three to seven minutes. <laughs> um, but yeah, whole off season, LeBron could come back next year rejuvenated. Yeah. After. And I I I I also think we're gonna start to see LeBron cut weight. I think a little bit is is he's still tr- kind of trying to play that uber athletic bully ball, and he just doesn't. He doesn't have the, that in him anymore in the same capacity that he used to have. And I I think this will be helpful for LeBron uh, kind of as he ages. He's going to have to be uh, a little bit more careful about uh, everything that's happening and going on with his body. Um, this Lakers team, out of playoff contention, in playoff contention before the groin injury, they really fell apart once LeBron got hurt. Uh, Tim, I guess I'm wondering, is that, the issue of the team is that a chemistry issue is it a team makeup issue is it like a like a and i guess by team makeup i mean like roster construction like does this sit at the feet of magic johnson i i have a hard time blaming front offices when a team goes from being in a playoff position in a top playoff a home court position to yeah. out of it lebron misses 18 games if you you're missing lebron for 18 games that's yeah. bound to affect you I think what people are looking at now, what their issue is, um, is that they look just as bad with him now back in the fold as they did without him. Yeah. And you can talk about they still have injury issues. Like Brandon Ingram was suspended this year for some time. Rondo missed time. But Rondo Ball is still out. You can take that with a grain of salt depending on how you feel about those players, but they're still not fully healthy. Yeah. But they just still look bad. And how is that Magic Johnson's fault? The players you put together that were playing good together, now they all of a sudden look terrible. Yeah. They give up 100. I think... This is great podcasting. Sure, sure, sure. I feel like I heard a number is that they're averaging 122 points against in the in X amount of time recently where that can't happen. LeBron, mm-hmm. did you see the viral clip of Kuzma pushing LeBron out to contest a three? Uh-uh. LeBron gets mixed up with Kuzma on a switch. Wide open three-point shooter. I think it was the Nuggets the other night. Yeah. And the Kuzma shoves him out there to contest the shot. Uh, yeah, I've seen a few videos of LeBron just straight up not contesting and just kind of just waiting and letting him shoot. Um, I had I had not seen that video. There's also the highlight of uh, the the other night as well. I think it was the Clippers-Lakers game. 
LeBron letting the ball roll all the way up to the floor to the three-point yeah. line, picking it up, jacking up a three, and missing it. Yeah, I, that one made sense to me. It was in a uh, two-for-one two yeah. situation, so it, it, it looks funny and it makes for a funny like kind of highlight clip, but it strategically made sense. Uh, but it is still funny. Um, yeah, man, it's it's. I, I I think I do lay a little bit of it at the feet of Magic Johnson, um, just because like this is a team that is built so wonkily. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> um, this is a team like when we've seen LeBron James have success in the past, it's it's him having the ability to dribble, drive, and kick out to shooters surrounding him. People like Kyle Korver, Channing Frye. Mike Miller, uh, James Jones, Ray Allen, these fantastic shooters waiting in the wings for LeBron to penetrate to the hoop and either finish or dish out, and he's one of the best ever at doing that. And this Lakers team doesn't have anyone that can shoot. Man, I'm scrolling back in the Lakers' results right now, though. They're, it's embarrassing. Actually, I'm gonna. I want to. I don't want to change topics. You had a good sure. point there. They, they definitely the, the shooting is one thing. I mean, Rajon Rondo's your point guard who historically is not a good three point shooter. I don't think Brandon Ingram's a good three-point shooter. Lonzo Ball before he got hurt. I think their best shooter is Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and how much does he really play? I, I mean, here's the thing. I'm looking back at the results. Like I said, they haven't allowed less than 100 points. I'll give you a guess. Since what date? Ooh. You can give me a week maybe is a range or something if you want um, to. Can I say the last week? No. I want to say the weekend of the week of Valentine's Day. December 8th. Oh! They gave up 88 to the Grizzlies, who, as we are going to talk about in comparison to the Bulls later, are the sixth seed in the lottery standings. They haven't given up less than 100 in three months. That is unacceptable. And LeBron was out for part of that time after that initial date, after Christmas. I'm stunned. But since he's been back, we've talked about it. There's highlights yeah. of LeBron having to get forced to play defense or yeah. LeBron under the basket and his guy gets switched out and hits a shot and he throws his arms up like the Jabari Parker. Like, what am I supposed <laughs> to do? And he's like, why didn't you? He's looking at his teammates like, why didn't you help there? And it's like, LeBron, even with you back now, your team hasn't given up less than 100 points. Yeah. That is unacceptable. It That's that's terrible. Uh, yeah, this Lakers team is a mess in every single direction. Do you think Luke Walton's fired at the end of the year? Okay, I want to rephrase. It was January 7th, 97 points. But still, twice since December 8th. Still. Uh, there's a report that, for whatever this means, would take it with a grain of salt, I guess, Ty Luke could be put in for Luke Walton. Oh, my God. Or could be considered for yeah. it. I just, why? 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 Yeah. Didn't. No, he didn't. Tyloo got fired. Did he get fired with LeBron there still? No. After, right? After. So why? You've seen what LeBron does with that coach. Go get Monty Williams. Go see what else is go out there. Get, yeah, go try something new. Um, yeah, it, it's. I think I think the first step for the Lakers to be back at being a great uh, franchise is Magic Johnson's got to go. And that's he's, tough because he's only been there for a few years. He's only been there for a few years, and but he is he, <laughs> man. There's a lot of confusion, I think, sometimes between like uh, a great basketball player on the courts and a great basketball player being a good front office or talent evaluator or coach or general manager or something like that. Sometimes, if you are a Hall of Famer, you just get it. Like you get the game and you understand it naturally. And it's hard to look at other people and go, "They've got it. They don't have it," because it came so easily to you. And it. With the way that this team is constructed, it looks like a team that's built out of the 90s. It looks like a team that's built to play defense, shoot mid-range jump shots, get to the hoop, and you can't win basketball games like that in today's NBA. And that's 
you know, with Magic Johnson, he, he even said, if I don't get one big free agent, I will quit. Good. And he got Good. one, and maybe he should still quit. Yeah, <laughs> he should still quit. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens. I, I also, I don't even know if this summer is going to fix their problems because it seems like nope. in all the, the news you hear, people are not eager to play with LeBron. Nope. People, Kawhi Leonard's choice of destination, L.A., is the Clippers, apparently. Yeah, his stock is down in terms of the bringing people in type of thing right now. And it, it's my biggest issue with, like, the Magic Johnson stuff is, like, signing Lance Stevenson to one-year deals. That's not a good example. Like, it's all those, like, one-year deals that he signed people to, and they weren't fits. They were people that did, would not fit on a team with LeBron James They would not succeed on a team with LeBron James. And the job of the front office is to put, put guys in positions to succeed, put guys on a team where they can succeed. And... Hey man, you di- you didn't do it, and there's not much Luke Walton can do with a squad like this. That's unfortunate that if he would get fired because it's you you put it perfectly. Um, also, with with the I had a train of thought and lost it. Darn it, darn oh, it, well. darn it. Hey man, it happens. If you think of it, got it. Got so it. LeBron yeah. in both <laughs> when he when he returned returned to Cleveland after his four year stay in South Beach. And when he came to L.A., yeah. both times he said, we, it's not going to be instantaneous. It's going to take some time to develop a winning team here. Well, he, win a ch- he wins a championship, his, uh, or he gets to the finals, I should say, yeah. his first year in Cleveland again, wins a title the next year. I almost wonder if people were expecting the same thing this time. Absolutely. It's not going to be like that in the Western Conference, no. the current Western Conference. You, I mean, he could st- he could walk to the finals in the Eastern Conference previously. And now, this year, it would be a different game with, with teams like the Raptors and the Bucks right now with how both of those squads are playing. He wouldn't have an easy path in the East. But in years pr- prior, he has just basically been able to walk backwards to the finals, and it's it doesn't work like that in the West. Pacers without Oladipo are the top seed. The Boston is in the fifth seed, I think, without really hitting their peak yet. It, it, they, LeBron, I would be surprised if he was higher than like a fifth seed in the current Eastern Conference even. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, let's get to the next one. Four things you need to know. I want to hear your outside perspective from this. Sure. The Bears discussed trading Jordan uh, Jordan Howard at the the tra- uh, NFL Combine. I don't want to, I don't know why I want to say trade deadline at the NFL Combine. Sure. Um, he's been splitting touches with Tree Cohen the last year or so, and multiple teams are interested. So, from outside perspective, your evaluation of Jordan Jordan Howard is what? I really like Jordan Howard. I just don't think that he works with Nagy's system, and I don't think that Nagy w- really put him in spots where he could be his most effective. I know he still got a lot of carries last year and still got a lot of opportunities, but he just doesn't really work with that offense. I think he worked really hard over the offseason to add the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and became pretty effective as a receiver last season, uh, but he just doesn't really work with that Nagy system. Now, my flip side to that is I don't think there's a way that Tariq Cohen can take the full load of responsibility is that the Bears need to have a contingency plan for a Jordan Howard replacement who plays in a similar type of style, somebody who can get 10, 15, 20 touches a game and not blink twice, where oftentimes Tariq Cohen would get like five touches in a game. Which is absurd. Nagy's use use of Tariq Cohen was crazy, and it really made me question whether Tariq Cohen has the ability to stand up to a full NFL season of abuse. I think Tariq Cohen would... His career would be, if he was the top guy, we'll say, yeah. I th- he, his expectancy, his life expectancy in the NFL would decrease because oh, yeah. five foot six. Darren Sproles is a good example, but he's kind of, I don't want to say an anomaly, but 
No, you, he's absolutely an anomaly. It doesn't you, happen. You can't expect every five foot six running back to be Darren Sproles. Yep. It, he, he Darren Sproles has been incredible for so many years now. Like that's not just how it works for no. everyone. Uh, everyone kind of gets that impression. Oh, he's like Darren Sproles. Well, guess what? That's that's not something you should be always comparing him to. Um, he had 250 attempts last year, so 252 rookie year, 276 in 2017. The yards were not similar. I want to say he had 935, so um, 400 less than his rookie year, and about 200 less than his Howard? sophomore year. Yeah. Okay. But here's the number: is that 3.7 yards per carry. I was going to be really shocked. I thought you were talking about Tariq Cohen for a second. Oh, no. I was I was so shocked when I heard 250 carries. I was like, whoa. That's intense. Um, that's <laughs> intense for Tariq Cohen. Yeah, no. Uh, Howard's yards per carry really dropped off this last year. Uh, that's the number you look at more than anything as yeah. a running back. And, and, and he's somebody that kind of gets stronger as the game goes on, but he wasn't really given the same amount of opportunities to l- load up on carries as the game went on, and he was also not running in the same kind of scheme that he was used to. In John Fox's system, uh, it was just kind of give the ball to Jordan Howard, clear away, really run block. Nagy is so much more about like spacing and zone blocking and and moving out of the pocket, moving it out of the pocket, and these kind of uncharacteristic like reverses and sweeps and stuff like that. And that type of game just doesn't suit Jordan Howard. He's a north and south runner, and 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 Nagy doesn't really have a north and south type scheme. I would say this: it is a mistake to trade Jordan Howard because his salary is going to bump up from six hundred to thirty thousand uh, to two million in twenty nineteen. Yeah, he's. It's on his last year of his contract. Still pennies. Yeah. If you don't have a contingency plan for someone yep. in case of Jordan Howard, you trade him, there's no reason to trade him. Maybe they draft someone. Uh, the Stanford running back. What, what Do you know his name off the top of your head? He had the ACL surgery? No. Okay, so Stanford had the running back who Bryce Love was it? I know last name is Love. This is great podcasting, of course. Sure. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, he tore his ACL, though, and that kind of hurt his draft stock. But yeah. he's someone that the Bears don't have a first or second round pick. If he drops down... To the third or fourth round. Yeah, I, there's there's a lot of there's always a lot of good running backs available in the third and fourth round. I mean, even in the NFC North, like the Green Bay Packers' entire backfield is yeah. fourth round draft picks. I mean, Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones both both fourth round draft picks. Cohen is one. Uh, who is Detroit's lead running back? They actually uh, had someone interesting last year. Amir Abdullah, Zach Zenner, um, South Dakota State boy. What's up, Zach? <laughs> um, yeah, man. It it. Pfft. It you can get quality running backs deep into the draft. Carry on Johnson, it was Carry on Johnson, second right. round pick. Um, like I don't think the Bears will have to spend high capital on. Uh, it's not that they have any high capital, but um, they're not gonna have. They wouldn't have to trade up to get a good running back. They, they there will be options available late for the Bears to replace Jordan Howard if they want to trade him. And also, I bet you could trade Jordan Howard and get a fourth or a fifth round pick for him. Yeah, people are talking about on the the, the radio yesterday, uh, ESPN one thousand. Someone was calling in saying. Package Howard with your third round pick to get a kicker like Justin Tucker. It's like the Ravens wouldn't do that. No one's gonna give up a kicker for that. And the Bears, why would you give up your top draft pick when you don't have the first or second round pick? Yeah, your airmail. Look, look. It, this is something I've said a lot. Is I don't. I, I'm not certain the Bears are gonna take a jump next year, just because their schedule's tough. Their schedule stupid. Their schedule's schedule. tough. Hey, welcome to being the number one in the. Uh, the division's going to get better too. The division's getting better. Bounce they've, backs. They've got to play the number ones across every division, mm-hmm. and also like you don't have draft picks to fill holes. You don't have anybody that can step in as a first round draft pick and fill a hole. You're going to have to sign that, and they have limited cap space. Or you're going to have to fill it from within. And so now the question is, can this coaching staff bring guys up from the practice squad type levels from sixth, seventh round draft picks and turn them into starting quality players? And I, I don't know. If they can do that. That's really hard. This is also with um, 
you know, two of your key defenders, Nickelback, yeah. Bryce, Bryce Callahan, and Adrian Amos as free agents. Yeah. Do you, can you bring both back? They, I don't think so. I think they got to pick one. Fifth tough, uh, fifth toughest schedule next year too. So yeah. yeah, for everyone that thinks the Bears are book them down for thirteen wins, I'm looking at ten. I think ten. Yeah, I think ten's generous. I don't think you drop to eight, but I, I was thinking eight and eight. It, we got you'd have to see a, a jump from the offense. The defense is going to be oh, there. Yeah. Not in terms of the takeaway numbers that you should expect those to drop. The defense should still be strong, mm-hmm. but the offense has to take a step forward. Otherwise, they're not gonna, they're not gonna do anything. Yeah, and 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 I'll put it down on tape again. I don't think Trubisky's getting signed to a second contract with Chicago Bears. It's getting to the point. I was talking on Ryan Witchery's uh, radio show, Hot Takes Happy Hour, kind of a similar comparison with the Cubs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if some of these guys this year, the Hap, Schwarbers, Almoras, yeah, if they don't start doing stuff yeah. and showing their pedigree, why they were drafted where they were. You're going to see the team and be like, okay, well, what do we have versus what we think we have? Yeah. With the Bears, Trubisky is going to be in his second real year, we'll say, quote-unquote, but he's had enough time to develop now. Yeah. What do we have versus what we thought we have? Yeah. Uh, let's move on. This one, I I guess we could have – I wish I would say this for the last, but I want to do it anyway. Sure. DePaul is going to finish their men's basketball team with a above 500 record for the first time since 2006-07 when they finished 20-14, and 9-7 and in conference. Yeah. You did the game on th- uh, Wednesday night, DePaul versus Georgetown, and they crushed Georgetown. Just destroyed them. It was the final uh, home game of the season. Uh, it was the last time that senior guards Max Struess and Eli Kane will step foot at Wintrust Arena. It was the last time Femi Elujabi will step foot at Wintrust Arena. Um, and Struess and Kane both just dominated. They blew Georgetown out of the water. There's nothing that Patrick Ewing's squad could even even think of doing to stop the DePaul Blue Demons. Uh, I guess I have a question for you, Tim. Is 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 this success? Is this what it feels like to watch a team progress? <laughs> or is this kind of an inflated uh, win-loss record? I mean, playing teams like Cleveland State and, and Chicago State and UIC and all those squads in the non-conference schedule, I mean, none of those were really tough games. Is this a real good squad? I I don't think we... we it's hard to put it... To the to yeah. confidence level, right? It's hard yeah. to say. Definitely, I do think they have some good wins this year. Yeah, Penn State they blew a lead, uh, lead late, but they that was the third game of the year, and they won in overtime. Yep. So they show the willingness to actually bounce back with adversity. But then you have examples of the Northwestern game when they give up a 25-0 run. Yep. Um, they beat UIC, who isn't having as good of a year. I think they almost made the NIT last year. Um, that's still a team that's okay. It's not. Yeah. A D two school practically. But then you have Boston <laughs> yeah. College, you lose to them, and you blow leads to conference teams. But they lost four in a row, now they've won two in a row. So I think in conference, that's where you really have your – you judge the team based off that. And winning seven games in conference, potentially eight, I think even in the down year for the Big East, you have to admire that. And you have to say they've done something right this year. Yeah. But you lose Strews, Kane, and the loser be next year. Yep. You play seven guys, three your three top scorers are leaving. Yep. So what do you have next year? They probably take a step back, even with – Romeo Weems coming in, Marquise Jacobs. No offense to those guys. They're going to be good players. Uh, yeah, I, I I think Pencil, one of those two down for Big East Freshman of the Year pretty much right away. I think they're going to be the top one and two for Big East Freshman of the Year, but I, I, I think you're absolutely right. It's it's going to be difficult for this team to find consistency. I mean, Struess and Kane leaving, those are two of the best players that this program has maybe ever seen and definitely since the change to, Big e- to the Big East. And for, for sure. Most definitely since 2000. Um, like... This is a talented squad and a, and a a starting five that I I honestly believe can compete with any team in the Big East. 
I think the starting five is, is as talented as any other starting five in the Big East. The only issue is that every other team that's winning in the Big East has a sixth, seventh, and eighth man who can come off the bench and give you quality minutes. DePaul is just kind of starting to experiment with the eighth man and Flynn Cameron, and now Flynn Cameron has replaced Lyric Schreiner. And that was so funny they're, last night. They're back to just a seven-man rotation. <laughs> and Lyric, uh, uh, Flynn Cameron's a freshman, so he'll he'll be he'll still be there. Lyric Schreiner's going to be a senior, I believe, next year. Um, but like, it's just there's not a lot that's still going to be around from this successful team. There's there's going to be a coach, there's going to be some freshmen coming in, and there's going to be Paul Reed, and that's what you got. If they can get Terrence Shannon, though. Who, oh, my God, yeah. That would really, I think, would make this team, you know, the experience is gone. Your top three players were all upperclassmen, seniors, grad yeah. student. But Terrence Shannon? Terrence Shannon, Marquise Jacobs, Romeo Weems. Man, I I've shown you video some videos of Romeo Weems. Your that's your your that's your my guy. Bo- that's my boy, man. He's <laughs> he's unbelievable. Uh, some of the passes I've seen Romeo Weems make are like jaw dropping. Like that's the, some of the best passing I've ever seen in my life. And he can do anything. And and if if Terrence Shan's a possibility with uh, Cartier Gordon coming in after the uh, Thanksgiving break, just before conference play, with um, Darius Hall. Coming back, um, J- Jalen Coleman lands will be healthy. Jalen Coleman lands will be ha- healthy. I th- we hope if DePaul will I don't say know anything, he he's he's doing shooting drills. That's what we know, and he doesn't have a cast or brace on. But we have no timetable for return. We have no idea what he's at. I think um, he got hurt against UIC when I was with the, doing the game with the boss, and we were like, "Oh, maybe he's going to come back in the game." He didn't, and that was the last anyone ever heard of and saw of him. <laughs> yep, it was a wrist injury, but God knows what. Um, yeah. Yep. I, 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 I think this is a successful team for DePaul, um, but it, Good point. It, it it's not success. Here's the thing, though. If DePaul wins against Creighton to close the season and St. John's loses their last game, yeah. DePaul is the third seed in the Big East tournament. They would have a bye. Whoa, whoa, They whoa, would have a whoa, bye, whoa, and they're playing Xavier whoa, St. John's. Whoa, whoa. Xavier is 8-9, 16-14 overall. DePaul could get a bye in the Big East tournament. I'm not saying they're going to win the tournament, but yeah. it would be a huge for the program to win at least one conference tournament game, yeah. whether you get the bye or not. Yeah, and and they're getting they're getting hot at the right time. Um, yeah. Max Drew said it the other day is 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 after his 43 point performance, his pop out. He said <laughs> that the team's now on a winning streak, and they they won against Georgetown. They're on a two game winning streak. They're getting hot at the right time as they enter uh, conference play and postseason play, and and. In a pancake flat Big East conference, like anyone could come out of this. I'm not a true believer. Villanova has 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 faltered, and I am definitely not a true believer in Marquette. They just don't. You're not. <laughs> they just don't pop off of anything. It's it's they have a few good players, but it's it doesn't feel real. It feels like they're benefiting a lot from this kind of a uh, soft Big East conference, and so. Everyone in the Big East overall above 500. So you heard of here first. DePaul is going to win the Big East tournament. Yeah, we'll call it. We'll put it. We're gonna have that on recording, and when it happens, we're gonna look really smart. Yeah. Um, all right. Next thing. Case Keenum, disgruntled. We'll say. I don't think he was disgruntled, but um, he was with the Broncos after having a successful 2017 season with Vikings. Yeah. Uh, the Broncos acquired Joe Flacco from the Ravens, and yep. now Case Keenum, as a result, was traded uh, to the Redskins. We've talked about on this podcast. The, the Redskins is someone who might need to draft a quarterback or get a Nick yeah. Foles. Nick Foles got traded to the Jaguars. Yep. Not official because the league year hasn't started yet. 
is Case Keenum. What is your thought on him? In he's so bad. Oh man, <laughs> he's terrible. Case Keenum is really, really, really bad. Um. Uh. Thank. He should. He should thank Pat Shermer and all of his lucky stars um, that he was able to step into a system in Minnesota. Um, where he had the number one and the number two um, receivers at contested balls, so Case Keenum did not have to even throw good balls. That was the two receivers. Thielen uh, and Steven Stephon Diggs both pulled down contested catches at over fifty percent. It's absurd. So, over half of the time when they went up for a tight ball, they came down with it, and that's re- it's absurd. It's ridiculous. He, his average depth of target was also very short. They ran a, a, a kind of a dump-off style of offense, and it made him work well, and it made him look like he was worth something, and then he went to Denver and was not worth anything at all. He's he's a game manager at best and a, a liability at the majority of times. He got a two-year, $36 million crazy, deal. Man. Um, crazy, man. It's crazy. John, John Elway is a <laughs> John Elway is an idiot, man. John John Elway is a dummy, 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 dummy. It's the same thing as Magic Johnson, man. Like sometimes you're so good at the game that you don't understand what makes people good at the game. You're just naturally talented. They've had a lot of temporary fixes in Denver since yep. Peyton Manning retired, and Case Keenum was one of them. He's gone, but he didn't really get replaced by anybody in terms of Joe Flacco. Still a temporary fix. Um, this one I think is huge if true. Sure. But it also almost doesn't matter. Uh, Kyler Murray is not getting graded well, we'll say. Um, NFL Network analyst crushed him, Charlie Casterly, uh, for how Kyler Murray performed at the Combine. Not on the field, though. Sure. As a quarterback, leadership, you're in the spotlight. You are the leader of your team. Yeah. Uh, Casterly said, they, these were the worst comments I ever got on a top-rated quarterback, and I've been doing this a long time. He's 70 years old. Three decades in the NFL as a scout. Uh, leadership, not good about Kyler Murray he's talking about. Study habits, not good. The board work, below not good. This guy was around when Ryan Leaf came in, right? Yeah. Johnny Manziel. Which is, into- yeah. <laughs> Jamarcus Russell. Who? Jamarcus Russell, who you have an infamous story about him and about tape watching, do you not? Yeah, he, he, would, uh, he was given like f- blank tapes and was told to dissect them for defense and, and brought them back the next day and said, hey, I watched it, I got it, we're good. And, and they, were, they had nothing on them. It was a test. It was a test to see if he was actually watching the tape, and he wasn't. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, does this ring true to you? Do you think this is uh, baloney? you think this is a smokescreen from NFL teams? Because he's not in on these re- these interviews, correct? Uh, no, it's just ta- he just knows people. And he just knows people in the game. But the people who he's talking to, they matter. Yeah. And if they are the ones telling him this, it obviously holds some weight. I will say this. Kyler Murray is in a prime position in life right now. Yeah. He could have gotten, went to the uh, baseball, to the A's, yeah. and they were going to work him a way to get him a new deal that minor leaguers don't get big league contracts. Yep. They were going to find a way to do that to make him play, to keep him in baseball. So he said, mm, I want to be the number one overall pick. I want to be the top quarterback yeah. selected. He didn't actually say this, but this is the mindset, right? No, of course. So he's going to the NFL. It's pretty much at this point, I think he knows where he stands in terms of draft I don't want, like the mock draft mind yeah. where he stands in the the minds. Of he knows those. his status. Correct. There you go. Great way to put that. Cliff Kingsbury said months ago, if I had the number one overall pick when he was still in college, coach Cliff Kingsbury, yeah. I would draft Kyler Murray. It's a foregone conclusion now that the Cardinals are going to take Kyler Murray number one overall. Yep. 
I think Kyler Murray knows what's going to happen. He's comfortable knowing that, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go number one overall. It's not good. It's not a good look to basically sp- admit without admitting that you don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think he he's probably thinking, I don't really have a reason to care because I know where I'm going and I don't have to impress any of these guys. Yeah. And these are the guys who, in these interviews, uh, was it one of the prospects who – they, Did you hear about this story? They will they will say and ask some foul stuff. They will cross every line in the books to try and get these players to crack, and it's unethical and not okay. Texas cornerback Chris Boyd said one team asked him how many testicles he had during an interview with the 2019 Combine. Yeah. they Are uh, you kidding me? Like, they've asked questions about, like, absentee fathers and stuff. Like, they, they will cross any boundary and any river and any lake to— do the to ask the worst and meanest questions to these players. I really wish we had used that as a topic for today because here's some in, in a list. Do you find your mother attractive? Do you like men? When did you lose your virginity? Is your mom a prostitute? What's your murder murder weapon of choice? Uh, la, 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 la. Yeah. Would, would you rather be a cat or a dog? What are these? When, where are you sitting on a bus? Where are you sitting on a bus speeding on a mountain? Where does the sun rise and where does it set? Would you share your internet history with us? I'm going to stop here. There's about six more. Why can't the players turn around and say, hello, uh, we'll say Dolphins executive. How many testicles do you have? Yeah. It's so absurd. Yeah, and if they did that, you know what reports would be coming out? Oh, this player is insubordinate. This exact stuff about Kyler Murray. This exact type of stuff. Yes, true. And they would turn it, they would put the spin on it so hard. They would, they would not allow it to be a, an issue where, oh, we were in the wrong for asking these people, Are, is your mother a prostitute? That's messed up. Okay, here's one funny one. What team do you pick in Madden? <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Dynasty but, mode, right? Yeah, I'm a huge dynasty <laughs> mode, man. I, I'm like, I'm in 2035 on uh, oh my, my Orioles dynasty. You I've, sim a little bit though, right? I sim, uh, yeah, I sim a whole game. So you, you, you're the puppet master though. I'm a puppet. I'm the full GM, baby. I watch guys come up from the, from the, I draft them. I watch them rise through the A, double A, triple A into the MLB. I've had dudes that have come in. I've drafted them. I've seen them develop through the minor leagues. I've brought them to the majors. They've had full major league careers, won Cy Young's MVPs, wow. uh, retired, gone on to be Hall of Famers. You're you're just ex- you're you're nowhere near Magic Johnson. You're superior in Bro, executiveness. I, I I play on like the hardest difficulty in MLB the wow. show. Sh- MLB the show, like, and I've I've won like eight straight chips. You have PlayStation? I thought you were Xbox. Nah, PS4. Oh my god! All day. I bought a PS4 like release week. I'm Xbox One. Sorry about it. All right, let's do our uh, fun segment. I wish of the I week. could mute you. All right, I'm back. Uh, we'll see how that great. sounds. Yeah, no, that's going to sound great. <laughs> that's that's going to sound stellar. <laughs> that's going to sound so good. I can't wait to hear that edited together. Uh, what's our last fun segment, Tim? <laughs> this week in Bulls dysfunction, it's not actually dysfunction. The Bulls are 7-5 and five since making a, a, a good trade. After they, they kind of corrected their own error in a way, yeah. s- signing Jabari Parker to a, a one-year deal for $20 million with an option for second year for $20 million. So fun. They <laughs> traded Jabari Parker in that deal <laughs> and Bobby Portis, who was a restricted free agent, and he was, yeah. he's behind Laurie Markkinen and Wendell Carter Jr. on the depth chart. For Otto Porter Jr., who has two years left in his contract, which is one of the worst contracts in basketball, 
with about $27 million per year. Yep. The contract might be bad. Acquiring Porter, the player, not a bad move. No. 7-5 and five with him. Uh, with the Bulls, he's put up 37-31 and 31 in a couple of games. Uh, his lowest point total was 7 on Tuesday, and he was 3-11. But he's averaging 18 points with the Bulls in 10 games, and he's shooting 49% from three. Yeah. I Otto, Otto Porter is, is a great value at $18 million, is a good value at $20 million, is a Bad contract at twenty-seven to thirty million dollars. He's a he's a great three and D guy. He's lanky. He can guard any position on the floor. He's he's really talented and athletic, and he fits on this Bulls squad really well. It's just that he has a bad contract, and and the Bulls are in a position where that contract doesn't really matter. No, so they can they can take that on, and it's fine, and it's not a big deal. We it's you know it's funny this segment's called like Bulls dysfunction, but they're winning. <laughs> But the dysfunction is that they acquired this bad contract. The the dysfunction is that they acquired this bad contract, and now they're winning. <laughs> and they're kind of undoing everything they've tried to do this far this year by tanking and trying to go after that number one pick. I'm not going to bash the Bulls for uh, conflict of interest reasons, but I will say for as much flack as I have given them in my life and others as well, which has been warranted, they've really done some good things the last year and a half. Jimmy Butler, they tried to build around him with Rondo and Wade. It didn't work, so they traded him for Levine, Chris mm-hmm. Dunn, and Markkinen. Markkinen was a steal in that draft. Not the steal, a steal. Yep. Zach Levine, everyone who also was bashed for that contract, they gave him a four-year. They mat- like Here's the thing. Bad contracts, right? Yeah. The Wizards didn't sign Porter to that deal. The Nets had an offer sheet, and the, the Wizards just matched it. Yeah. So that's not like the Wizards were like, yes, we need to spend this money this way. Levine the same way. The Kings offered him four for 80. He was going to take it because he knew the Bulls could still reel him back in, and they did. But he's averaging 24 points per game. The Bulls have done some good things, even though they've also done some things where you're like, hmm. What are you doing? But they beat the Sixers on Wednesday the Mm -hmm. 6th. They won 108-107. Levine had an and one buzzer beater, whatever, game-winning shot. I think this team, if you figure out point guard, because Chris Dunn this year has kind of regressed. Yeah. I think... You know, what's your starting five? Point guard, Levine, Porter Jr., and Markkinen, and Carter? That's a solid starting yeah. four, at least. Yeah. But you need a point guard because it's a point guard's league. Yeah. And, and you need a good point guard. And we talked about the Bulls. They're winning now, which might be bad because they've been going for that top pick. Yeah. Uh, they're fourth in the lottery standings. Fourth, One through three of the equal odds of the top pick at 14%. The Bulls in fourth. The fourth spot has a 12.5% chance of them run overall pick. And the Bulls are three games above fifth place, which is 10.5% at number one overall mm-hmm. pick. They're going to probably get the fourth pick at the worst. Yeah. Maybe they jump up. Maybe they go down. But if you can get John Morant, potentially. Yeah. If they're in a slot for John Morant, this team looks a lot different next year. That's a solid starting young five. Yeah. And what they have to keep developing, Markinen and Levine defensively have don't rate well. Yep. But Carter Jr., Chris Dunn is, could be your, your point guard off the bench, the, the enforcer defensively. Yeah. Not a bad team. Or Porter's in your lineup, obviously, too, we talked about. Yep. So maybe not so much dysfunction as we all thought, but in terms of thoughts, do you have any final ones? Got none. None. Well, this was the 10th. We are in double digits episode of the From the Loop podcast from Lincoln Park today. Uh, that was a really troll intro on my part, so I hey. apologize. But stay tuned for more great content. As Matt has talked about, we have a cool sports ball podcast coming soon hopefully yeah and we also are making moves on our next radio DePaul sports podcast with one DePaul basketball recruit who we will reveal once it becomes official but it's progressing that way and it's looking nice so looking good stay tuned for that and once again thanks for listening to the from the loop podcast